saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot to get to today. Got to figure out what movie I'm going to watch over the weekend. <laughs> Got to be an yeah. old war movie. Been tradition now for a few years, yeah. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. You want to remember what it's all about. Uh, but a lot of news going on, especially for the Friday going into Memorial Day weekend. Where do you want to start, David? Uh, well, I guess we can start with the debt limit showdown on oh, Capitol yeah. Hill. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, Democrats are making more and more desperate arguments to continue their federal spending spree. You know, Republicans, those big bad Republicans, just want to cut spending instead of just raising our credit limit to continue spending. They don't, they want, to feed, they don't, don't want kids to eat. Right. They yeah. don't want to feed hungry people. There, Haven't we learned that? There really is just a massive amount of disinformation being put out by the left. And realistically, I mean, by, by the Treasury Secretary, by most media, uh, you know, the default thing. They're worried about, oh, my gosh, June 1st, we're going to default on our loans and whatnot. Oh, no, no, no. There's enough money to meet current obligation, current uh, uh, actual uh past spending we can meet that what they're panicked about is discretionary spending is extra spending that they threw in to things like the american rescue plan and the inflation reduction act which doesn't reduce inflation that's what they're worried about they're worried about protecting their pet projects yes not about keeping the lights on in the federal government um, anyway, I, it, the, the arguments are getting more and more desperate. Uh, listen to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez argue, you know, the federal government isn't spending enough money. <laughs> they are accusing Democrats of saying we spend too much. For anyone that wants to entertain that thought, I ask you to think about the last time a person said, has said in this country that the government does too much for them. Well, I've um, said it. Uh, I, I don't yesterday. know. Yesterday? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the day before that? I mean, yeah, you talk to anybody who's ever had to work with OSHA and then ask if, if the government's done too much for them. <laughs> yeah. Ask farmers who are trying to keep up with, you know, clean water restrictions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Has the government done too much for them? A lot of them will tell you, yeah. Yes. But who is she really talking to? A lot of people that vote for her that depend on the government. Yeah. Well, yes, and <laughs> yes. Honestly, not my fault you're dependent on the government. No. No. But honestly, I mean, and we we can get into this more a little bit later. There are a whole lot of people being raised to believe that the government does owe you and mm-hmm. the government is actually there to provide for you. Not that you are to provide for yourself, 
and there to keep you safe. And we can get into all the different philosophy of that as far as protecting the country. But no, it's no, the world owes me. I'm entitled here. No, you're not. Not at all. And these are the same people saying, yeah, we got to have all of these people come in illegally to take these jobs that the other people that are already here without jobs don't want to do. It's insanity. And there is no temporary giveaways. They just permanently, once they're out of Pandora's box, they're just into infinity. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like the classic case of the drug dealer. First right. one's free. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get you addicted. And then, boom. And then you need it. Yeah. Absolutely. You mentioned yesterday it was a big story with Ron DeSantis announcing he was going to run for president. He did it on Twitter, and there were glitches. And a lot of people have said, disaster. Yeah. This was terrible. Well, uh, and you made the point, David, at the time. It seemed like it was worse for Elon Musk than it was Ron DeSantis. Yeah, again, no, nobody really in the end will look at uh, the glitches of Twitter as this big disastrous thing, except for people who are way too invested in online media discussions. Yes. By the way, side note, something I thought about this morning that we didn't talk about yesterday, and I'm sure other people probably did talk about it, I just didn't hear it. What does this mean for Tucker Carlson and the launch of his show on Twitter? Yeah. Well, good oh, you better get some bugs fixed out. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely for sure, yes. Whew. Yeah. All of a sudden, if you're Tucker going, yeah, we're going to be able to do this. It's <laughs> Elon Musk for crying out loud. Twitter could handle this. Hmm. You see the DeSantis announcement? Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. What does this mean for me? Better, better work out some kinks here. Yes, Tucker no Carlson's on the phone right now with Trump talking about Truth Social. <laughs> it's the best. It's the biggest. You know, the only thing I can think of when I hear overheated servers is like those old movies when they're in the bow of the ship and the, 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 the things are exploding and things are overheating. And yes. Like, look at those guys down there with their helmets on trying to, it's overheating, water spewing out of the top. Of the... Make sure it doesn't sink to the bottom of the right, ocean. Exactly. Right, Yes. But here's the thing, and I know you have this story, David. I saw it too. How much money DeSantis was able to raise even without all, with all the glitches and, and you know, yeah. not exactly what he wanted for a rollout? Oh, yeah. Well, he had donors ready to go. And all it took was him filing the right paperwork saying, I am, I am a presidential candidate. Uh, $8.2 million in the first 24 hours of his presidential announcement. For context with that, Donald Trump's latest campaign in the first six weeks of his campaign raised about $9.5 million. Oof. Six weeks versus 24 hours. I mean, that's there's a, there's a lot of people lining up to give checks to Ron DeSantis. Does that mean he's guaranteed success over Donald Trump? Well, no. We saw that uh, last time around, that the big money candidates wound up getting blown out by uh, Donald Trump himself. So, you know, again, but I think it is an interesting story to see that with the glitches and all and then an overwhelmingly negative news coverage of Ron DeSantis's launch there are still people writing a lot of checks right now yeah David it's some guy named Bud Light just filed to, to run for president <laughs> yes in context million. that's a lot of money man man that is a lot of money well you know we had heard early on and this is when Trump announced and people were trying to figure out at the time and this was before a lot of the lawsuit stuff mm -hmm. was a lot of big money people are not going to back trump again they're probably going to go with the santas and then when ivanka trump is not showing up for the big announcement people are saying okay what's what's the problem here
But at that time, he was really behind in the polls. Since he announced, he really gained this advantage. Yeah. But, you know, it's going to take a long time to figure out how the rest of America views Ron DeSantis. Because there are plenty of people that are voting Republicans that kind of know who he is, but not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah and the polls are never wrong. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no kidding. More on that a little bit later. Speaking of a whole lot of money. Okay. Did you see the figure? This was in the New York Post. It was in other places. Target. Because of the LGBTQ-friendly kids' clothing line. Man. And seemingly targeting kids have lost $9 billion in a week. Hmm. Okay. It, and this is the way the story goes. Because you're like, $9 billion? It's in market value. Mm-hmm. Because you had people calling for a boycott because of the whole pride collection for kids. So as the story goes, a week ago, this is Wednesday, before the controversy erupted, Target stock closed at $160.96 a share. So that is a market capitalization of $74.3 billion. As of early trading yesterday... Shares of the company trading off 1% at $141.76 a share, reducing the value to $65.3 billion. That does seem significant. Well, yeah. Yeah. Now, is that something you think will just kind of pop back up over time, or is this going to be long-term damage? With the with the investment side of things, I think it probably will pick up it really depends on what what moves you know what what happens moving forward uh but i I think investors are probably really nervous they're looking at the bud light fiasco and thinking okay how much is this going to hurt and you know a lot of times the people who are trading stocks are basically nervous chihuahuas with with you know uh with diarrhea and so Mm -hmm. they panic at the first sign of trouble i don't know if that's a long-term thing i think the the target thing and the bud light are uh, fundamentally different. Yeah, I could too. be wrong, but it's easier if you live near a Target and that's your go-to grocery uh, store or whatever. Are you really going to drive five miles further to go to Walmart or any other grocery store than what your usual routine is? That's a harder habit to change than switching from Bud Light to Miller Light. But yeah, I see what you're saying. To push back on it a little bit, so and I, everybody uses a store like Target different. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would never buy groceries there. They yeah. go there to buy cheap clothes, goods for the house, yeah. you know, fill in the blank. In that scenario, it is just as easy to go somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, sure. And I, the one thing I think is similar is that, you know, you went too far with this one, mm-hmm. is the feeling from consumers and now I just don't feel good about buying from yeah. you anymore. All this is and that's to... not to say that no. other stores that might compete may do similar things, but you really, you really put this out there, whether it was the clothing line, the Dylan Mulvaney, whatever. I just don't feel good about it anymore. I have choices. I'm going to go somewhere else. A lot of this is going to depend on moms. It will. I mean, if moms quit going there, they're screwed. But I think that's what you're seeing. I, that exactly right. Now, whether that will sustain itself, I don't know. The beer thing, I think, will sustain itself. Well, I forget. I think it was you, David, that brought up, too. There's a momentum when you see a store that is now being boycotted is actually getting hurt. Yeah. 
it makes you want to keep up with the boycott oh, sure. even more. There's momentum to it. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think Target is out of the woods. I, I just don't know if it'll be as disastrous for them as it was for Bud Light. Yeah, we'll see, man. It'll be interesting to see. Um, another story out there: activists just lost it. What is this story, Dave? Oh yeah. Well, apparently this was a big issue in New York City: fat discrimination. What? So, so the mayor, Eric Adams, signed a bill that bans body type discrimination. I don't know who or why people were asking for this. I don't know. I, I read the text and didn't really understand what it was, what problem it was really trying to solve. But I guess, hey, if you, you know, I, I guess I can be a Calvin Klein model now if I move to New York because you can't discriminate against me just because I'm flabby and pasty. Okay. I'm going to be the new spokesman. I'm going to be an underwear There's been model. anti-fat discrimination apparently. in New York? Yeah, yeah, apparently. How? Apparently so. Again, I don't know what they Okay, sorry. Yeah. Sorry uh, to ask you. I'm trying to understand. So uh, Eric Adams was asked, hey, are you worried that this could be seen as normalizing obesity, which is yeah. unhealthy? Okay. And science has shown that body type is not a connection to if you're healthy or unhealthy. And I think that's a misnomer that we are, we are really dispelling. Okay. Well, that's to insanity. Me, you're not well. You're not answering the question. No, what he said is accurate, but that's not the answer to the question. It's not body type, meaning or big boned. Yeah, you know, whatever you want to call it, broader shoulders, different. That's one thing. Being morbidly obese. That's just science. It's not healthy. Yeah, but it sounded like he wasn't really answering the question. You get not, what I'm saying? Yeah, not really. He he said, "Hey, we're going to try to continue." on with uh with our progressive diet you know plans in new york city and and all that stuff but really you got to listen to the very last bit of the so-called applause that happens after he completes that answer all right roll it again i think that's a misnomer that we are we are really dispelling they're snapping in a <laughs> That's there's like, snapping? There's two people clapping, but then if you watch the video, everybody else is doing the stupid snapping thing. Because uh, loud sounds might offend them. Yeah. That's a, it's this and weird... curb their appetite? Progress. <laughs> can't have that. Right. What is this nonsense with the snapping? We can't clap. It's too offensive. <laughs> I mean, we, we may have seen the last of live albums. <laughs> <laughs> You better put the videos out in Venezuela and all over the world right now if you're thinking about coming here. No more clapping when you get to the United States. you got to snap. No one's coming across that border. <laughs> all right. There's much more to get to. Bud Light's competitors are shocked. This is an interesting story David has. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We're heading into Memorial Day weekend. And you know... So many people are going to be grilling out. And I was looking, we can get into what people are going to be spending their money on because people are spending a lot of money for Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I saw that. That is a lot of money. Well, and part of that is beverages, and you got beer, for sure. And how often is Bud Light going to be the topic of conversation well, at the barbecue? Bud oh Light gosh. for free. I mean, you can barter it now. You can say, well, <laughs> i give you this coonskin cap for three cases. <laughs> but then okay. you're having the barbecue. Are you going to serve that and then be? It depends here. on who my friends are, yeah. Yeah. Whether they accept that or not or start I, to look at me I, sideways. I know your friends. You, you, you'll get made fun of. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's been a long time since Scott drank. And yeah. Even longer since I drank. Yeah. But I can remember saying Bud Light, you can't just do Budweiser. Sissy, what's wrong? 
Well, I thought I was saving calories, you know, my girlish figure. Of course. Mm-hmm. But now the conversation would be, really? Did you get this for free? Yeah, right. The, and you had this interesting story, David, about yeah. Bud Light's competitors. Yeah, a guy who publishes a big trade publication for the beer industry says the entire industry has been really rocked by the Bud Light boycott because of the partnership with Dylan Mulvaney and then people just not buying Anheuser-Busch products. Um, This is Harry uh, Schumacher, who runs Beer Business Daily, speaking to Fox News Digital. It's hard to believe. I mean, the whole industry is in shock. Um, Even Bud's competitors... Um, aren't really dancing on the grave because they know it could have happened to them because it's, you know, this particular uh, promotion just really struck a chord. It was just a bridge too far, apparently, for consumers. And the fact that, you know, we're in week six and the it doesn't look like it's getting any better. In fact, the numbers just keep getting a little worse every week. Um you know, really down in the 25% area, and their competitors are up almost just as much. And that's continuing through uh, today. But I can't help but think when I hear that, and in so many industries and in life, really, there's always a tipping point to something. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure when they did that deal with Dylan Mulvaney, they didn't know that this would be the tipping point for yeah. a whole lot of people to say, enough. I'm not doing it anymore. Because nobody in that marketing department deals with real people. No. I They don't. I, I'm telling you, man. If I'm working for uh, or if I'm leading a company that is in the beer industry or anything else that tends to skew towards men, mm-hmm. um, all right, the young 20-something person that you have that's your social media guru, Fire that person today. Oh, absolutely. That person's well, a liability. I promise Dude, you that person's a liability. It's not just for a male-dominated yeah. industry. Look at Target. True. Talking about moms and kids, man. And that was a tipping point, it seems like. It's wild. By the way, the average shopper is planning to spend $356 this weekend. Whoa. Yes. Well, a lot of people are going to be shopping Memorial Day sales. Yeah, that's true. Because those yeah. are gone. It's not just on, like, the big barbecue or whatever. Um, and you know, a whole lot shopping for themselves or their kids, that sort of thing. It'll be interesting, too, then, after this weekend, since a lot of sales going on. How much does Target get hurt this weekend? Yeah, wow. that'll be a big thing to watch. No doubt, man. Okay. Uh, lawmakers want answers on... Uh, Biden's trafficking scheme. What? Trafficking scheme? What is this all about? We'll get to that much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, lawmakers want answer on what, David? Human trafficking and how the what? Biden administration is facilitating it. Biden's child trafficking scheme. Yeah, we've heard a lot about children being trafficked into the United States, then released to fake sponsors who then turn around and put them in factories, in fields, or even into sexual exploitation situations. Um, I mean, there was a recent study that uh, of the you know 152,000 unaccompanied minors that have come across in 2022, and in the last 26 months total, 324,000 unaccompanied minors. 
Yes. One study estimates that 60% of them are caught by cartels and exploited through child pornography and drug trafficking. 60%. Yeah. Holy cow. So, uh, and the federal government loses track of the vast majority of these kids. I mean, they, oh, I think they have goodness. follow-ups with like maybe a third of them. Uh, so they just come on in and they're ghosts at this point. A group of lawmakers now want more documentation. Representative Virginia Fox, a Republican from uh, North Carolina, put out a notice to the Labor Department saying, you know, this, this matter is especially troubling because a breakdown in government responsibility has led to the trafficking of migrant children in violation, <clears throat> excuse me, of our nation's human trafficking and child labor laws. So she wants internal documents uh, looking at, you know, the number of kids, what does it really look like? And then also, what are what has been going on behind the scenes? Has the federal government become aware of any federal employees who have been facilitating this? Oh you know, covering gosh. up whistleblower complaints because this stuff doesn't just happen. No. Somebody on the inside has to be helping it along um, in one way or the other, and they want to get to the bottom of it. Now, as the Washington Free Beacon helpfully pointed out a couple of months ago, the State Department got together to try to address the issue. They held a virtual public meeting uh, to assemble a plan for integrating racial equity into U.S. government anti-trafficking efforts. The meeting addressed several questions like, what does racial equity mean in the context of human trafficking? What, yeah, that's question one. Yeah, what, what does a racially... What does it, yes, what is, I'm sitting here so confused. Me too. I, I don't understand this at all. What, what does a racially equitable anti-trafficking framework look like, particularly for law enforcement and prosecution responses, victim assistance efforts, and prevention strategies? Man, I don't get that at all. Five years ago, you say this, you sound like a loon. Yeah. You, you sound crazy. You still do sound crazy, but so, well, there's something it's more know. acceptable now, yes. If you're paying attention to everything that's going on, it doesn't sound that crazy because you know things like this have happened. But my goodness, man, I understand, too. You think of it this way. It's not that this is new information. What happens to kids trying to come across no. the border? Now, 60%, that number That's is... really high to me, yeah. I mean, that makes you sick to your stomach. Frightening. Okay. With that being said, you think about our public officials know this, but yet don't seem to want to do anything about it, even knowing that it's going on. And you can only assume when you ask yourself the question, why would that be? Because I guess they think it's worth it to have that amount of people come across the border yeah. to become future citizens. And, well, that's just part of something terrible that happens in that situation. I mean, what else could it be? Because mm -hmm. they're not interested in protecting those kids. Or they would do something about it. Wow, man. You know, I'm coming in today thinking, you know, heading into Memorial Day weekend. The show will probably be a little lighter today. Yeah, well, a lot of yeah, fun. Think again. Kids being trafficked. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, those are the realities. And you got to talk about that. I stuff. still don't understand any of that, what you just said. I don't, I don't know what, how this the, applies to anything. The racial equity in there? Yeah. I, oh, because, li listen, you, it makes more sense when you realize that they're communists, and that's how communists operate. It's just nutty. It is yeah. always with the focus on social justice, no matter how many people die. Golly. Well, that's what you call it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My goodness, man, oh, man. Well, if you want to hear something kooky, and I don't know if you knew this, um, 
I think the story is, if I have it right, and we will enjoy this together, that Republicans are trying to uh, kill people through their gas stoves. What? Y- yes. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. Like turn it on and close the windows. <laughs> it's, a, it's it's a stove of war. Is that right, what, what we're is, saying? What what are we doing here? Well, it's it's best that I try not to even explain it. I think it's best that I let Representative Cory Bush. Oh no, explain all of this. Um, I think oh, people no. are being secretly poisoned by gas stoves. We may get to that, but this mm. is Cory Bush um, speaking about well the evil GOP. And about some green weenie stuff. Roll it. The climate crisis is happening all around us, and Republican inaction is costing us lives. As lawmakers, we have a moral obligation to prioritize the health and well-being of every person across our country. I represent a community where the threat of climate pollution comes from both inside and outside our homes. In St. Louis City, black children are twice as likely to test positive for lead, in their blood than white children. St. Louis ranks among the highest across our country for rates of asthma, with rates significantly higher for black residents than white residents. Okay, all right, so, and, and where is this going exactly? Yeah. I can only imagine the number of my constituents who are unknowingly being poisoned by their gas stove in the state that it is without this proposed rule being in effect. Mm-hmm. And that's on the GOP. Yeah. Yeah, who who runs St. Louis? Right, uh, Democrats. Yeah, who has forever? Okay. Yeah, yes. But it's still the GOP's fault. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's just the way the rule is. Okay, I mean you can put one political party in power for decades, whether that's Baltimore, Chicago, Chicago. Wh- wherever. Yeah. But when it's going wrong, it's still Republicans' fault. Of course. And the biggest threat to everybody's white supremacy, you know that. Right, yes. White supremacy through gas stoves. Yes, that's how they're doing it these days. <laughs> it's the KK flame. That's what it is. <laughs> there you go. Completely different. Very, very 2023. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's that part of the show. Uh, may not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. Which makes it show worthy. Today, David, what's your story? Oh, this is really funny. There's a deep blue county... Uh, well, a blue state county, I should say, that has voted unanimously against offshore wind development. This is in New Jersey. A county in New Jersey voted unanimously to oppose an offshore wind farm proposed for its coastline, saying the project will have a negative impact on the environment, tourism industry, and the views on the beach. Now, see, look, this is Cape May County. New Jersey, the Board of Commissioners passed a resolution greenlighting reasonable use of county resources to oppose these wind projects. Uh, They said at first, you know, the county of Cape May was interested in trying to find a way forward, maybe with some modifications to project uh, to the project to reduce visual, environmental and economic impacts. Hey, look, we we want to target climate change, okay? But this is going to hurt tourism because you got these stupid windmills out there. Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By the way, uh, you know, on the East Coast, we've seen a lot of whales die washed up to shore. Mm-hmm. Like one after another. You've seen this, right? Yeah. And, well, if you're new to the show real quick, years ago, like 30 years ago, is that what it's been now? 
that I was a member of Greenpeace trying to save the whales and the I dolphins, know you, you know. Yeah, yeah. T-shirt, yep. Yeah. And, and the ladies, they liked it. They you like care it. about the whales? Dolphins. I do. Absolutely. Uh, I'm like, where's Greenpeace out there? They got to be going nuts with the death of the whales out there. Are they right? still a thing? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. So I looked into it a little bit. They, they've got to be out of their minds. This would be like fundraising, right? I think, yeah. Uh, they had a piece on their website, how to stop whale deaths from real threats, not lies. <laughs> Protecting whales means busting fossil-fueled myths about wind energy. <laughs> Right-wing disinformation that that's killing the whales. But what if the former or the, the co-founder or whatever of Greenpeace was saying that, yeah, it's it's because of these the exploration that uh, the technology they use for exploration in order to set these things up is driving these whales off course. It, it, what The piece that I'm looking at right here, all right, disinformation is a new insidious threat to whales and all <laughs> biodiversity. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm can't sorry. make it up. No. That, that sentence is remarkable. I love that sentence. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll read you just from this little paragraph, and then we'll move on. In response to a tragic spate of whale deaths along the East Coast, anti-science media such as Fox News, long beholden to fossil fuel corporations, has amplified the baseless claims made with no supporting evidence by a small group of local mayors that offshore, uh, offshore wind farming is somehow to blame. So, yes, disinformation affects the whales, too. <laughs> Killing the whales. <laughs> Save the whales. <laughs> Save the whales! <laughs> you got to say it with that sort of... Stop can, the wind. Can you try it one time with me, Scotty? Okay. Save, Save the, the whales! whales! There you go. Okay, got it. Thank Very you. Very good. All right, what's your story today? Uh, the president of Mexico. David, you know who that is, don't you? Mm -hmm. AMLO is what they call him. Yes, AMLO is what they call him. Are you saying you didn't want to pronounce it? I didn't want to pronounce his last name because I'm not 100% sure and I didn't want to Biden it. Obrador. Uh, thank you very much. Oh, Andres awesome. Manuel Lopez Obrador Mellencamp. So <laughs> <clears throat> on Thursday, he targeted U.S. voters advising Hispanic American voters to oppose Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in the upcoming 2024 election, accusing Ron DeSantis of exploiting the plight of migrants to gain favor with an electorate in an attempt to win votes. The Mexican president rebuked those comments, saying DeSantis is just another politician looking to score points across different demographics when he was challenged on it. All of his playing politics with migrants was because he wanted to be the Republican Party candidate. I hope the Hispanics of Florida wake up and don't give him a single vote. The FEC, by the way, will force the DeSantis campaign to use that as an in-kind contribution to his campaign. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, does these guys know DeSantis won the Hispanic vote overwhelmingly in no, Florida? I don't know. Do they have any idea? Probably no. not. Probably not. And why is this guy meddling in our politics? <laughs> that is foreign election interference. It is. I say we bomb Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Okay, I disavow that comment. I can't help what goes through my head. As soon as I hear David say that, it's the Trump voice going, I would bomb the bleep out of him. <laughs> For my story, uh, it's a reminder from the state of Georgia. Um for your driver's license photo, you need to wear clothes. Just yeah. A helpful yeah. tip from Georgia. Yeah. Did you see this? No. Well, okay, it's not always old school like when you go to the DMV and it's, you're going to get your picture taken and you got the one shot at it and then you just stuck with it. That might be a terrible picture. Some places you can use your own photos. 
but there are rules, okay? Like, you know, shadows, what's in the background, things like that. Mm -hmm. The Georgia Department of Driver Services reminding people to keep things classy. They said, quote, please take pictures with your clothes on when submitting them for your digital driver's license and IDs. <laughs> so you ask, well, what? Where does that come from? Right. What does that yeah. mean? They don't specify, but I'm guessing someone wasn't wearing clothes, or why would you ever say that? Yeah, I don't know. Well, you would think it would have to be more than one someone. Well, yeah, exactly. Right? Yes. Like this was a trend where people were showing up naked to the DMV or whatever. Or, or taking their pictures, picture, you know, yeah. to yeah. say, here's my picture for my license. What do you think? I bet more dudes did this than women. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay, I have a theory in my head, and it could be totally wrong. What's your theory on that? Just because dudes are like, hey, it's funny? Well, no, dudes are... You never see women flashing dudes, like lifting up their skirts, going, hey! But guys do it all the time, so I think it's the whole shock value or the idea that this might turn somebody on. Oh. I was thinking, okay... Did some females do it, thinking they get pulled over for a ticket? Here's my license. <laughs> Might want to take a look at this one. I reckon I'll give you a break this time for going 20 miles an hour over. I'll You're going to slow that down. Not before you prove that's really you. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Photoshopped, that wasn't. All right. Got to move on. So I can't wait to hear this story that David has about a New York Times writer saying, I'd have no problem boxing a biological male. Oh, this is going to be worth the wait. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I can't wait to hear this story. This is a failing New York Times writer. Yeah, Elizabeth Spires, uh, she is one of these wokesters, writes for the New York Times and a few other outlets, all in on the gender ideology nonsense. So someone on Twitter weighed in to something she had said and said, hey, I'll give you $10,000 to the charity of your choice if you box a trans woman that is a biological male. Box them? Box them. Get mm. in the boxing ring and go a few rounds. Uh, she writes, I've never boxed in my life, but if I did, I'd be fine with boxing a trans woman in my weight class. The women's sports nonsense is just a vehicle for transphobia and has nothing to do with fairness in sports. Now, how can you say that? How can you possibly say that and believe it? So the person who made the offer said, so you accept the competitor will also never have boxed and will have the same training as you. And she said, you're missing my point about boxing and CTE. <laughs> I'm not doing anything where anyone potentially hits my head. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. interesting. How do you, <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. How, do you just, how, do you, how can you just say that there's no advantage? It's got to I mean, be on does, feelings. That's just it's a not dumb facts. thing to say. It's not critical thinking. You've already made up your mind, and it's on your feeling. <laughs> that's all it can be. <laughs> It's really funny. I, I shared this with someone I know who's very liberal. We don't see eye to eye on this particular issue, but we're pretty friendly anyway. And the response yeah. was, well, I don't know what you're talking about with all of this. I mean, Layla Ali could kick your butt. I was like, well, yeah, she's a she's a professional boxer and I'm a pudgy radio host. Of course, she could kick my butt. That's not what the a terrible issue. Comparison. Yeah, but she was. She's a woman. Yeah. And she's a woman. Yeah. Born a woman. Yes. Well, yeah, there are a lot of women that play on the LPGA that would kick my butt in golf. Right. 
Okay, that doesn't mean a biological dude doesn't have an advantage, you dope. Lose that friend, David. Exactly. <laughs> I'm here to help, not to hurt. I'm sure they're a very nice person. Are they? Yeah. Otherwise? Yes. No mental challenges to speak of? I didn't Just... say that. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, Republicans are terrorists. That's this person didn't say that, did they? Oh yeah, yeah, they did. So we got the debt limit showdown in Washington D.C. Republicans pushing for spending cuts before agreeing to lift our national credit limit. Democrats don't want to do it. They want the spending spree to continue. House Democrats have basically been cut out of the negotiations because at the end of the day, they don't really matter all that much. They don't control the House. No. Um, so it really is between Republicans and then Senate Democrats and the White House. Basically, That's yeah. true. So they're playing stompy foot. They're throwing a hissy fit. Uh, and far left representative Jamal, uh, Jamal Bowman, he's one of them throwing a hissy fit. He told CNN he's mad about being cut out of the negotiations. And he's saying Biden should just ignore Congress altogether. What? I'm very frustrated. You know, I, I called on the president to invoke the 14th Amendment and mint a coin and do not negotiate with hostage takers. I mean, we don't negotiate with terrorists globally. Why are we going to, to negotiate with the economic terrorists here that are the Republican Party? You can't pay your bills, dude. Yeah. But, um, Republicans passed a spending plan. Democrats said no. But this is the way it's going to play out with the left, and the media will be in concert with them and everything else. And then it's like, yes. And then it goes into, like, racist language, demanding that, well, the Republicans are racist. They don't want the poor people in the marginalized communities to eat, which has nothing to do with any of it. But that's the game they play. This is what they do, though. Hostage taking. Uh, Yes. Anybody take this guy seriously? I think some Democrats do outside of that. No critical. Everything thinker. is violence. Everything is hostage taking. Everything is blood on hands. Starving people. It's all that hyperbole nonsense. They it, run this out there all the time. You know, on that, Victor Davis Hanson, Hoover Institute. Yeah, he would be on Tucker's show quite a bit. Whenever he came on, I always want to know what he had to say because he just seems like either you can call him the wise uncle, the wise grandfather yeah. that's seen it all. He understands all the facets of politics and culture. And it's just a wise guy. He was on with Megyn Kelly. It was earlier this week. They were talking about Joy Behar saying that Tim Scott doesn't really understand <laughs> being black in America. Right. <laughs> Which but is polluter. hilarious to say. Coming from an old white woman. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, but he spoke on that. And I know you guys haven't heard it, but I wanted to see what you thought of what he said, uh, especially about white liberals 
like Joy Behar. I, I think that's another thing that people are really tired of, and that's the bicoastal, wealthy, white, liberal elite that's never subject to the consequences of their own crackpot ideology. It's easy to spout all of that stuff, but if you look at the way that Joy Behar lives, her income, and who she associates with, it's pretty much an apartheid existence, as all these people, and uh, they're they're totally discredited. And and you think about it, that's true, absolutely. But that, true. I mean, that's liberalism, man. I mean, that is far left ideology. It's I know better than you, even though you have a lived experience that would probably make you more well informed than me. Exactly. Oh, he goes on. He mentions Biden, too. It's like Joe. It's just like Joe Biden, who lectured us on, hey, junkie, you ain't black. Barack Obama is the first black person that can speak well and clean. Yeah. Uh, James O. Eastland was a great guy. And Robert Byrd, I'll give the eulogies to. I don't want my kids growing up in a racial jungle. Call his assistant's boy. And then Biden gets up after all of that and lectures us about the great danger of white supremacy and racism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he spoke to... And this is something that I know that the left and the Democrats need the black vote. But the way he put it was at least an eye opener to me. See what you think. It's it's all reduced down, I think, Megan, to the fact that they have completely lost. The left has the white working class. It doesn't it's overwhelmingly not for the left anymore. And they need not the black vote, but they need 96 percent of the black vote. And any slight defection of that or a. a fall off and turn out and they're dead and they know that they have a thin margin of error so what they do is they just keep pounding that issue pounding that issue that without this white bicoastal privileged elite that black americans would be at the mercy of i don't know people in east palestine ohio or something and i i think that's not going to work you know you know it's funny is that i don't think it works long term especially as you have more and more high profile african americans in um in lawmaking i agree who don't agree with what the left is putting out there and i texted you guys this i'm i'm listening to a lecture series on the rise of uh communism in russia it's and, amazing isn't it everything yeah, that you're right. seeing right now compared to that every everything yeah. i mean there are obviously key differences in mm -hmm. culture and society and and reasons for these uprisings but it, it's really funny to me and i want to make sure that I'm, I'm quoting it correctly here uh as the bolsheviks were seizing power they claimed to be representing the interests of the poor the peasant yes. class right but the peasant class was never actually allowed at the table they were told you know go up you know grow your grain, give it to us, we'll take it by force if need be. Uh, and the line was, they didn't effectively, or I'm sorry, they thought that the poor class didn't have the knowledge to effectively govern, so the Bolsheviks took that responsibility on their behalf and, in fact, aggressively made sure they were not part of the conversation. We're doing this for you, right. is what they yeah. said, but you're not actually a part of the conversation. And all I could think when I was listening to this was Joe saying, it's not that they don't want to help. It's that they don't know quite what to do. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's it. Because he was talking about 
well, parents of color yeah. when he said that. That's yeah. why I'm like, how does someone get away with saying something that racist? We bring social workers into homes and parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't want they don't know quite what to do. Their hearts are good. They just can't think. We, they need our help, though. <laughs> yes, our they help. do. You have yeah. to understand, not anybody's help. Our help. And we're here with free advice. That's they right. need words, record player, whatever. Make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, it's it's not necessarily that all of these leftists are straight up communist, but there is a Marxist thread that runs through American totally. liberalism, and the the end result is fairly similar. It's give us all the power because we know what's best for you. There is no self determination allowed whatsoever well a lot of people say that's why less and less of that is taught in school yeah. so people won't recognize it right easier to brainwash dumb people which is true it's just i know it's crazy golly you know okay but, you know the thing is too if you listen to him from that was two years ago a little over two years ago maybe no during the campaign 20, right yeah 2019 yeah during the campaign if you listen to him there there's some energy there that you don't hear now I mean, the deterioration even from then to now is is marketable. You can you can hear it. Yeah, it keeps getting worse. It, it really is. Kind of like Bud Light. <laughs> As we transition to this Bud Light story, what is this story? Yeah, uh, the guy who publishes a big trade publication for the beer industry is wondering if a shortage of beer is next. At least a shortage of beer that's not Anheuser Busch. Well, you want to see him ch- turn the temple into dust. I mean, yeah. when they start shorting on beer, holy cow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is Harry Schumacher, who runs Beer Business Daily, speaking to Fox News Digital about the continuing backlash against Bud Light over its partnership with the trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney. Really? The real question now is how much longer can this last? Number one. Number two is uh, can... Molson Coors supply this much beer, you know, being up double digits for this long right at the beginning of summer, it's never happened before for a brewer of that size. And, you know, you, you can't just flip a switch and make beer. You know, beer, beer is brewed. It, it takes, you know, at least a couple of weeks to make. So um, uh, we've been, they haven't. Okay. When he said it needs to be brewed, it takes at least a couple. Yeah. Your mind fills in the blanks. Did anyone think it was going to be weeks? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I thought it was going to be longer. And as a actually. matter of fact, when you say, when you say that now, I think that's what I just heard. Weeks. That's what he said. Yeah, I was thinking he was going to say months. Oh, yeah. I, well, I At thought least. it was going to be days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, they, he drank they that stuff. Had okay. major supply issues yet, but uh, we're about to hit Memorial Day, and we could probably see that uh, see some supply shortages there. On the other hand, you have. Uh, Anheuser-Busch with way too much supply. And they've agreed to eat the cost of uh, buying back old beer and destroying it. Wow, man. Yep. I would say, you know, this is something that's going to be studied as time goes on as far as business and business practices and marketing, except the people that teach those classes won't want this message out there. Right. So maybe it won't. But it's fascinating to see it all unfold. It really is. I never thought it was going to turn out this way. Well, you've said for a long time, and man, I, I'm not looking to pick a fight with you, Scott, on Here the day go. before. No, no, no. Right. You've always been against boycotts. You and I have. I have had this discussion over the years. I have. Saying, okay, we don't boycott. Conservatives don't boycott that whole thing. But 
how else do you get a message across that you're not pleased with someone anymore? Oh, I think you take it upon yourself. I mean, I'm talking about organizing a boycott, and, and I, I get it. It's working. It's doing what it's supposed to do. I'm just not comfortable with them. I'm not comfortable with somebody telling me what I have to do in order to be a part of the club. Mm. I'm not comfortable. I'm just not comfortable with it. If I choose is that, to be, is that, is that what is that the way you take it when someone says I, I would encourage you to boycott this? Yeah. If you feel fill in the blank. Yeah. Then, then oh, I'm okay with it then. Okay. Well, do other boycotts say you need to stop? Well, I, if you're a real blank, blank, blank conservative, then you will not participate in this or watch this or listen to this or oh, whatever. I it's like, no, I, I'll yeah. do what I want. Sort of in the message. Stop telling me what to do. Yeah. Also, you've got battered conservative syndrome, which is the only reason why you can you still watch Major League Baseball. <laughs> right. <laughs> Major League Baseball hates you. I do. Scott. I do. I know. <laughs> Can you watch it without giving them any of your money? I'm just asking the question. I'm not making not really. Space. I mean, if it's eyeballs, then I mean, well, I guess if you don't have, you know, the hey, requisite. I pay, I pay for the Major League Baseball subscription. Yeah, that's a yeah. problem, oh, yeah. Scott. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that whole thing with the Dodgers, man. We'll wait and see where all of that goes. But of all of the offenses, you could make the argument that is the worst. Oh, yeah. yeah. With the amount of Catholic fans. Yeah. In Los Angeles, and then they partner with that group that mocks Catholicism. I mean, in a nasty way. It, it's amazing it, well, to me I also that think the Dodgers you, sided with them. You, you have to take into account how many Catholics there are that are Hispanic. Yeah. And how, how they're going to vote. Because that's another demographic that was just expected to vote demo, democratic. Right. You know? Did, yes. Did and you see the type who, of stuff that, yeah. That group that mocks the uh, Catholic Church and drag performances and whatnot. Did you see who one of their past members was? No, who? Sam Brinton. No, no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy smoke. Wow. I think I think his drag name was Ray Dioactive. And if you don't know, Sam Brinton is the puppy play bondage freak that Joe Biden put in charge of handling our nation's nuclear waste until it came out that he stole women's luggage because he's a complete yes. freak. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, yes. And then, the, you know, you get into the Satanist part of it, and it sounds like you're making that part up. You're not. No. That's that's a part of the whole thing. That was the part of the Target story with the kids' clothing line. It's freaking crazy, man. Sam Britton. Yeah, that's something, isn't it? All right, we got a whole lot more to get to. Um, well, it was well, a stolen habit he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Have you guys heard the Surgeon General actually speak about social media and kids and how bad it is for kids? This is really something. We'll get to that much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Social media not good for kids. Everybody tired of hearing that already? Yeah, did we already know this? Yeah, we did. Yeah. I think it's a good point, though, when the Surgeon General brings it up in a 19-page report. Like, we can't ignore this anymore. Yeah. This is a freaking problem. We got a mental health problem with kids. I wonder what took him 19 pages. I can hand it to you if you want, if you want to read it. I could sum that up and it is bad for him. He said this. The reason I'm issuing this advisory is I am very concerned now that social media is an important factor that is driving this youth mental health crisis. We can't say that social media is, in fact, safe for our kids. And, in fact, what we do see is growing evidence uh, of harms. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I... I've been proposing for a couple of years now, man. 15 days to slow the spread. Shut down all social media for two weeks and one day. 
Oh, you know what you'd find? A lot of kids would actually say, wow, mm-hmm. that was great. They don't want to admit that. Did you see the piece, by the way, in the Freeling New York Times where they actually talked to kids about this? And it's interesting because what some of the kids had to say might surprise you. Like, yeah, I hate it, but it's sort of like a necessary part of life. Mm-hmm. It's really not, but they yeah. think that it is. There was this one kid, Jack, who's 15, sophomore at Brooklyn Technical High School, said, I resent it a lot, actually. I could rant all day about why I don't like social media and why I think it's one of the great cancers of our generation. But I don't think the government should have the type of regulation over our own social lives. Doesn't sound like your typical 15-year-old. No. no. But there, there were a lot of different kids in this said, you know, no, I know it's not good. But it's also something you have to have in our generation. That was Adelina, who's also 15. But what it does to their mental health is really frightening. And it does skew more toward girls than it does boys. It's not mm-hmm. great for boys either. And I see that. I'm like, man, we got to do something about that. You know, I'm just thinking as a society. And as I'm thinking that, I see a headline of another story. And it said only 40% of people regularly wear sunscreen. Now, I know this is completely different, but you guys know this. I had a hunk taken out of my ear because I had skin cancer mm-hmm. in my ear. Mm-hmm. Was there even a sunscreen available when we were kids, Scott? Of course, you're older than me. No, of course there was. There was? Copper tone. Well, that was more to get a better tan, wasn't it? Well, it was to protect you from the UVs, too, so you didn't get burned. Okay. I thought it was to accentuate the tan. Well, it did do that, too. The tanning oil or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And I think about how many times this year I've been in the sun and didn't put any sort of sunscreen on. I got to tell you, that was painful when they, yeah, this shouldn't be too like, out of your ear. They got ah, the Ben and Jerry oh, scoop in there. Yes. I've noticed the one is shorter than the other. Shut up. <laughs> it was on the side. It wasn't the top or the bottom. Anyway, only 40% of people regularly wear sunscreen. And if you're older, over 65, only 25% do. Mm. Even though everybody knows the harmful effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Okay, David, biggest story today. I I guess it would be the continuing fight over the debt limit in Washington, D.C. I'm pretty interested in this, and we actually have it coming up here. Um, A very high-ranking member of the Democratic Party is out there saying, yeah, I don't care if if Ukraine uses F-16s to bomb Russia. What Which seems like a problem to me if we're worried about the escalatory nature of what is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you go, what's the end game yeah. if that happens? Wow. Okay, I can't wait to hear who said that. Um, also, the New York mayor has signed a bill banning fat discrimination. Has fat discrimination been a problem in New York? Well, uh, we shall explore and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, and the Pink Floyd T-shirt. Scott Robbins. Hey, we're both wearing band shirts today. Yeah, but I like my band. I like my band. Okay, more on that in a second, because uh, <laughs> that's fake news. Not <laughs> fake news. More on that in a second. Oh boy, I can hardly stand it. Uh, let's get to the DeSanta story first. Yeah. Uh, well, Ron DeSantis, in the first 24 hours after announcing that he was uh, running for president, raised like $8.2 million. 
That seems pretty good. Yeah, which is just shy of a million less than Trump raised in the first six weeks of his Ooh. of his candidacy this time around. So, I mean, there is obviously some support, some big money support. We'll see what the breakout is in terms of small dollar donations versus uh, large, you know, big money uh, forces coming in to try to prop him up as, as best as possible. But, I mean, it's, that's a heck of a way to start off the campaign, especially when so many people in media seem to be suggesting that it was DOA because there were Twitter glitches. Yeah, and I thought you brought up a pretty good point yesterday, David, saying that would reflect worse on Elon Musk yeah. than it would DeSantis, it would seem. Yeah. And then I started thinking about Tucker Carlson. He's going to launch a show on Twitter. You wonder if Tucker's thinking, hey, are you ready for this? <laughs> well, I got time to work the bugs out now, right? I mean. Well, there was no video either. Yeah. yeah. And I did hear from some people like, that's odd. Why couldn't you see him? Did you ever hear a good answer for that? Uh Part of it is because of the the medium that they were using. Twitter Spaces is an audio platform. It's not a video platform. But why would the DeSantis campaign choose that route instead of video? Um, I mean, some of the speculation is because he's kind of awkward on camera, and so is Elon Musk. Yeah, Musk is. That is true. Well, man, I would hate to think if you're thinking, well, our guy is not great in front of the camera. Yeah. That well, doesn't bode well. No, mm -hmm. but and I I don't know how over again you don't know until the white hot spotlight is on you you, you really don't know how he's going to act under under that kind of pressure. The other thing, ironically, is that theoretically an audio transmission is actually easier to to get off the ground than a video one. Oh, so boy. yeah, that that again that's worse for Elon Musk than it is for Ron DeSantis. But yeah. And I think it's fair to ask those questions. You know, why would the campaign want to go about it this way? All of that sort of stuff. There have been other things that I've seen um, that seem to be a bit nitpicky to me. Well, yeah. Because the forum was basically, it was a Q&A sort of thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Some people are saying, you know, he didn't, he didn't really talk about the economy. Well, again, it wasn't a stump speech. Yeah. It was more of a Q&A. And I saw a piece, the headline was, DeSantis hasn't shown he can appeal to working class. Yeah. In Florida? Yeah, I'm, he has, though. Uh, yeah, right. The, the question is, does that transcend, does that translate across the country? And that's what we don't know. That's the unknown at this, at this time. Yes. But I would say, I mean, the reason why he has been considered such a hot commodity heading into this election cycle is because of the support he's managed to get in the state of Florida. I mean, you're talking about uh, being competitive or outright flipping very blue, historically, counties in the uh, 2022 midterm elections. I mean, that's it's a pretty big deal. Yes. Well, he really hasn't talked about his foreign policy yet. Right. It's like all these different things, yeah. you know. I like how mainstream we'll media is critical of the questions Elon Musk asked him. Yeah, right. <laughs> Those badass journalists. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, before we go on to uh, the whole thought of someone higher up in the Democratic Party saying they wouldn't care if Ukraine invaded Russia or not, uh, let's talk about the Pink Floyd t-shirt on Robbins. You're not a Pink Floyd fan. You've stated that many times. On I like the show. I like Pink Floyd. Am I a big big fan? I have. I mean, I have several Pink Floyd songs in my catalog. Yeah, I'm going to stay out of it from here, David. I'm going to let mm. you weigh in. 
I mean, I, I I'm probably the biggest Pink Floyd fan on the show. That's probably yes. true. And even a fan of the Umagumma album, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the Grand Vizier's Garden Party. And the sound <laughs> yes. of small woodland creatures or whatever that song was yeah, yeah, You win. You win, definitely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I I don't know. It just it does seem like, you know, whenever we're doing a Friday Five or something, Pink Floyd kind of gets the shaft from one Scott Robbins. Yeah, it might. I mean, I mean, again, not my favorite band, but I don't hate them. You make fun of them quite a bit. I only make fun of them because of you. Me? Yeah. Why me? Because you're the rock guy and you're the guy who, you know is on my case about music all the time. I like Pink Floyd. I like Pink Floyd, too. I've okay. never publicly stated I don't like Pink Floyd. I've never said that. That I remember. Yeah. There you I go. There's the important caveat there. That yes. I remember. Well, not that I remember. <laughs> Maybe it's the rainbow that's on that particular shirt that you... I don't know why. <laughs> I bought it at Target. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a tie-dye, and it's the yeah. Division Bell album. Yeah. Oh. Not exactly a favorite... From Pink Floyd. Well, there's a lot, hey, of, man, lot, of pro- good on you. lot of promotion money behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. It's Back all good, man. Day. Even Top 40 guys got the cool shirt. Just curious. Yeah. All right. Who was it, David, that said, I wouldn't care if Ukraine invaded Russia? Yeah. A reporter with the Epic Times got some wild comments from Democratic Representative Jerry Nadler. We call him Captain Nads on this show. Nads! Uh, this is about providing fighter jet training to Ukraine's military and facilitating the transfer of F-16s to Ukraine. Uh, the reporter was asked whether or not Nadler would be fine with Ukraine using American hardware to launch attacks within Russia. I'm not concerned. I wouldn't care if they did. You wouldn't care if they went into Russia? Nope. Really? You would still turn support about, them? Turnabout's fair play. I don't think they're going to do it in any large scale. But why should Russia feel that they can invade somebody else and be and, and, and have total safety at home? Well, but that would, that would cross the line to a U.S.-sanctioned invasion of Russia by You don't Ukraine. have to sanction it. Well, you, you would be providing the, the weapons that conducted it, is what I'm saying. Is it the We're not providing it for that purpose. I said I personally wouldn't mind. <laughs> Holy smokes, I man. Knucklehead. I mean, how hard is it to just say? Because the line has always been, we're not uh, facilitating a war against Russia, right? We are supplying weaponry for a country that's been invaded to defend itself. That's what the line has been. Yes. That's what the justification has been. And that's why there has been uh, so much support within America of doing this. You start asking people, hey, would you be okay if Americans supplied weaponry so that Ukraine can, for all intents and purposes, invade Russia back? Polling on that's going to drop pretty significantly. Absolutely. Well, the polling on support for Ukraine has dropped. Mm-hmm. Imagine if at the time... You would have said to people, hey, uh, like a year and a half from now, this war is still going to be going on. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people would have been surprised. Yeah. I mean, heading into that one big weekend in what was it, February of 2022, people thought it Ukraine would fall in a weekend. Well, when you lie about your involvement from day one, right. I mean, which they did. They did. And there was no end game here. It was open-ended. Yes. For as long as it takes. Remember that? And if you happen to criticize it at all, well, you were Putin stooge. Yep. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it jumps to that rather quickly. Yeah, even if you ask questions about it. Absolutely. I mean, not even it's... against it. Just, hey, I like to know where the money's going. Yeah. I agree. Okay, what is the deal with fat discrimination in New York? This has been a problem? Yeah, apparently, this has been a big problem. It's not people getting shoved in front of subway trains like what just happened to a Turkish-born artist who had been living in New York for a long time. It, 
some guy walked up behind her, grabbed her head, and threw it into a moving train. She's paralyzed and may not make it. This just happened? This just happened a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. Oh, my it, gosh. It's horrible. For no reason. Have they, they found they, the person? They did. They arrested the person. The person's being charged. Man, he'll be, uh, he'll be home for dinner. No. But <laughs> that's the way it is there. You don't get held for anything. But, it, yeah, it's, it's remarkable. But apparently wow. fat discrimination is the thing that, that really, uh, I don't know, maybe this is like three-dimensional chess. They're actually trying to promote obesity, so it makes it harder for people to be pushed onto subway tracks. I, thought the I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah. oh my anyway, <laughs> the mayor, Eric Adams, signed a bill that bans body type discrimination. I, again, I don't know why this was so needed but they did it here's an activist who pushed for this her name is uh, tigress osborne all right tigress let's hear it um as the chair of the national association to advance fat acceptance and a co-founder of the campaign for size freedom oh come on i am so thrilled at the example that new york city is setting today we all know y'all know new york is the global city <laughs> and this will ripple across the across the globe um, in terms of what? showing to people all over the world that discrimination against people based on their body size is wrong and is something that we can change. Okay, you got to help me. I know. David, I, I, yeah. What are you counting? how? What are we talking well, about? Well, some, some have said, uh, remember, there was a story that we did uh, in Portland a few years ago where somebody had set up this app where... Uh, you could see, like, non-discriminatory restaurants. And what they meant was restaurants that had booths that could uh, accommodate somebody with a 52-inch waist or larger. And they said, well, this is like a civil rights thing. This is a, a you know, this is a disability rights thing, comparing themselves to people who are uh, wheelchair-bound, which is just, uh, come on. That's weak. Yes, it is. But So, I again, I don't know what, what exactly... You know, fat discrimination is supposedly, you know, supposed to address. I, and I say this as a moved American, okay? <laughs> I, I say this as a member of the club. I, I just, again, I don't really know. It's sort of like, well, if I don't fit in the booth at Chili's, I've never personally had that problem, but maybe I should eat at Chili's less. Well, the other part of it, man, when they try to tell you, that somehow it is okay as far as health is concerned. It's like, hold on a second. You can live however you want to live, but this sort of, well, the discrimination and the shaming, and you can be, you know, what would be considered morbidly obese and still be healthy. I mean, that's just not true. No. The, the number you bring one. bring on so many different risks yeah. that you wouldn't otherwise have. The Chronic num- diseases. I mean, it's just part of it. Yeah, the number one comorbidity risk factor in the U.S. is obesity. Well, how do you police this? I, I mean, how does that work? I don't even know what you're like. I don't get policing. a job. I'm 50, 60 pounds overweight or something. Or I like call. if you're a restaurant, you have to have this yeah. size of the table between the booth yeah. chair. I mean, what are we talking 7% about? 7% have to be 80% overweight in order to get, I mean, you have to have that. We, I mean, we, it has to be that many fat people working for you. We, we, I'm sorry, you don't have enough fat people. We, we, need, uh, we need fat equity in this country. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I I I do I was a little disappointed though because they call themselves the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance. They really missed an opportunity to call themselves the NAACP. 
the National Association for the Advancement of Chonky People. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be a kinder word, right? Yeah. Well, wait a second. Even in the title, I thought fat was a bad word. Yeah. Is it? I don't. Dude, I don't. Know. Or is now it okay? I think if you are one, it's okay for you to right. call it's someone the, else. It's a, yeah. LGBTQ2SIAF. Right at the end of it. Wow. All right. But to lighten it up, I have a piece of audio from Australia if you'd like to hear it. Oh, sure. Uh, local news, send the weather guy out to a farm, farm animals. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've ever been on a farm, especially when you're talking about farm animals and the crap, I mean, it's got a stench, man. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it yeah. may take you a little bit to get used to it. Yeah. This weatherman, I don't think, was quite ready for it, and he couldn't stop the gag reflex. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and as David has said before, the Australian accent just lends itself to comedy, really. Roll it. G'day, Timmy. Beautiful morning there. Oh, it's smelly. <laughs> yes, the air is very fresh here this morning, Carl. I can confirm. My goodness me. We've got some cattle that we're hand feed. <laughs> I've got a case of the gags happening here, but I'm sorry. I am very, I'm such a city slicker because the smell of some of the animals, they're beautiful, but they, the smell, I mean. <laughs> This one just keeps turning around on me, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry, everybody. Stop it up, Tim. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> don't know why that's so funny. It just is. Can't help funny. This one's turning around on me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, David, you have the story. Bud Light is actually sponsoring a bunch of Pride events. Yep. Wow. That and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. we got to set you up for the Friday Five. Looking forward to that. Before we get there, Bud Light. Yeah. Suffered. Tremendously from some bad marketing choices. What's the update here? Oh, Bud Light and its parent company, Anheuser-Busch, are sponsoring at least three different upcoming Pride events, despite the backlash. Well, you don't understand. The goal is to lose as much money as possible. Right. You know, I, I, that's why they couldn't apologize, because that's part of the strategy going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why they actually think that that's such a winning thing i mean again i i don't know how many people are going to be turned off by them sponsoring one event or the other in a vacuum because they've Mm -hmm. done it before and it hadn't led to much backlash if any but when you've got this going on it's time to suspend all of this because the reality is you can have would you rather try to capture maybe three percent of the population total that is in that um you know, the the pride rally stuff, all of right. that. Would you rather do that or would you rather try to get the 97%, which does also include gay and lesbian people who aren't into all of that stuff? And they're picking this tiny fraction of my of minority to support. Well, I got to believe they're picking the ESG score. Yeah. But the, For like long term. Yeah. And, and they're going to lose out in the long term. Yes. That's what I don't think that they realize but maybe they figure they're in too deep now because if they had to think if they were going to apologize they would have done it by now mm-hmm. hey we're sorry about you faithful bud light drinker this didn't align with your values whatever they can't do it but to double down then? wow i mean something all right we got to turn to the friday five countdown we do every friday um david i think did you come up with this 
yeah. some sort of holiday. It's a great list. Yeah, it is proper speaking month, and it's almost at the end of it now at this point. Oh. So we might as well try to celebrate while we still can. By doing songs with the word talk in the title or a form of the word talk in the title. Yeah. You start thinking about all these different songs. Wow, it's a long list. It really great songs. So think about it. Song with talk in the title. And if you want to get in early, the number's 210-619-2053. 210-619-2053. Next. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, it's Friday. You know what that yeah. means. It's time for the countdown, and it starts like. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f- out of here. All right. The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Friday Five. The countdown. Friday. Take a little break from news. Have a good time. Head into Memorial Day weekend. And today, David, we're celebrating a holiday. It's the whole month, actually. Yeah, it's the whole month, and I cannot believe we have uh, not celebrated this in honor of the greatest orator of our time, Joe Biden. Uh, well, we're going to do the top five things Biden said. You had, <laughs> had to tell us, but we uh, only got a short period of time here. Yeah. May, on, man. <laughs> May is uh, Better Speech and Language Month. Mm-hmm. So I thought, why not songs with talk or talking in the title? Uh, great idea. Some great songs. All right. We always rank it by how big of a hit was the song or how iconic was the song. Then how does it stand the test of time? And then how much do you personally like it? Put it all together. And we've got our five. Pretty solid, too. I yeah. think so. Yeah. All right. The number 210-619-2053. And who's first today? Uh, we're going to start off with Joey today. Hey, Joey. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great, Joey. Thanks for checking in, man. Second week in a row. I feel thrilled to get through. Yeah, buddy. Nice job, man. What you got today? Yeah. Uh, probably one of the all-time best vocalists, Ronnie James Dio. Don't talk to strangers. Oh, yeah. Dude. Okay, if this were a personal stereo top five, like my personal top five, this would have been in my top five, if not number one. I love it. would have been in my top five, too. You and I, I mean, I think when we first started talking about music, what's that been, almost 10 years ago? Mm -hmm. That was one common thread earlier was Dio. The Holy Diver album in particular. Yes. 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 I'm sorry you don't feel included right now, Scott. That's okay. Not much of a Dio guy. That's all right. I was a Dio guy before you guys were. You're just not into that. That's okay. I bought the first Rainbow album. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Shut up. All right. Who's next? Uh, Let's talk to Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa. 
Uh, hi, um, I've called before. I've never got the number one song, but this might be my lucky week. Um, I'm going with Black Crows, She Talks to Angel. Great song. Oh, Vanessa. Yay. First of all, thanks for calling in. You could argue this should be number one. You could really argue that. I'm almost surprised it's not. Number two. Of course, big song for the Black Crows. Test the timer, the whole bit. When we get to number one, I think it got to number one. Honestly, when we were going through how iconic was the song in Test the Time, David gave it big numbers. Yeah, yeah, pretty high marks. Which gave me the excuse to put it as my number one. Yeah, I had it as my number one as well. Not not the Black Crows, but what wound up being number one. And I, if, if it's between the two, I do like the Black Crows song more than what wound up being number one. But, yeah. I do not. But, of course, the Black Crows, that's a great song. It is a great song. No doubt about it. Okay, who's next? Let's talk to John. Hey, John. Hey, gentlemen. Happy, I guess, happy somber Memorial Day weekend from yeah. Deep Blue, Connecticut. Hey. Yes, John. Thanks uh, for checking in, man. It's a, always a pleasure. Um, you know, it's not enough that we hear words. Now they have to be properly formatted and structured. That's right. <laughs> Great. Yes, John. So uh, my uh, nominee is a band that demonstrates truth, and that's an impressive. The Pretenders. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Talk of the Town. Yeah. John, I love that song. Like the talk of the town. Behind sounded so good on those early. Well, she always sounds great. Those early Pretenders records are so good. You know, it, we have these uh, chats off air trying to put this countdown together, and we're asking each other, well, what do you give this for Test of Time? What do you give it for a hit? And sometimes you're really rooting for a song and you're trying to talk the other guys into mm -hmm. Are you sure it wasn't bigger than that? That was one for me, but you cool just couldn't, tune, ju yeah, couldn't justify it. Yeah. But anyway, I'm glad you called for it, John. Thanks. All right, who's next? Let's talk to Liesl. Hey, Liesl. Hi. Hi. Hey. So which one of you which one of you is wearing the division bell t shirt? I am, Robbins. Okay. Well, I love that album. And so yeah, the a good first record. song that came into my mind, it is, is Keep Talking. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. You were in Top 40 Radio when that came out, so you didn't get to play it. No. We had it in heavy rotation, Rock. When, I mean, when you had a monster band like Pink Floyd come out with something new, it was, boom, you were going to play it a lot. The test of time score on that one gets not very good. Hurt a little. Yes. There's really nothing after the wall that gets played with any regularity. Doesn't learning to fly still get played? Yeah, yeah, it does occasionally. Yeah. That was momentary lapse of reason, correct? Yes, yes it was. Yes. I dig that song. Yeah, on the turning away. It's also on that album, which yeah. is pretty good. That was a good song, too. Yeah. Now, on with the countdown. <laughs> Let's talk to Mary. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Mary. Good to hear your voice. You looking forward to this well, weekend? It's good to Good to hear yours. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have stuff going on. So you always got fun stuff going on. That. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what you got for so a talk today, song? Today I'm 
Uh, today I'm going to go with a favorite of mine who is Bonnie Raitt and say let's give him something to talk about. Yes. Yep. Number three. thing with Bonnie Raitt's career it seemed like she won Grammys without a lot of radio airplay and then radio caught up yeah with one album anyway yeah and then she had a run there in the 90s and yeah, yeah. she because she was like this loved artist but it was a select audience and then it broadened out like crazy after she won the Grammy the John Hyatt song Thank you for the story yeah, behind the song, right. Scott Robbins. The great John Hyatt. Yeah. Nice. All right. Friday Five songs with talk in the title. Uh, we've already had number two and number three. Still looking for one, four, and five. And who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to Woody. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. Thank you for the music trivia lesson on yesterday's show regarding Waylon Jennings, Tina Turner, and the song Good Hearted Woman. That was a great story. I thought so, too, when I yeah. saw that. I had no idea. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. My song by Poison. Talk dirty to me. Oh, yeah. You played that one at Top 40, didn't you, Scott? Yep. Here's I it. thought so. Yeah, that's C.C. DeVille right there. Hair bleaching and guitar speaking. <laughs> I wasn't a big Poison fan at the time. I think that's a fun song, though. It's all right. It's a test of timer. Is it? I don't even know. I, I haven't heard it on the radio around around a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? Not only, you know, rock radio played it in the top 40, at that time, MTV played videos. That thing was on oh, yeah. constantly. What yeah. was it called? Dial MTV, where people would call in yeah. and they would play the, the most requested. This is before you were born, yeah. David. Yeah. So telling and, and yeah, poison was there forever. Howdy lips and big hair, and yeah, they oh yeah were good on TV. Yes. Okay, who's next? All right, let's talk to Mick. Hey Mick. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Happy Friday to you. Hey. And to you, Mick. Thanks for checking in, man. Hey. Appreciate it. Hey, in honor of American politics most eloquent speaker, do you guys know the difference between Kamala Harris and the Panama Canal? Uh oh. No, what is it? Well, one is a busy ditch, and <laughs> the other <laughs> can't, can't go on from there. Is it? Right. I got it. Got it. Got yes, it. got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for my song, I got "Talking in Your Sleep" by the Romantics. This oh, was a big record. That was. Man. Top 40 radio. That oh, was yeah. pretty big, right? Huge. Yeah. Another one. Like MTV played it all the time. Yep. Way back in the 80s. Yeah. Because they had What I Like About You, they got a lot of play, and then that was the next single on the next album. That was it. And after that. Yeah, and then it was pretty much over from there. They're still touring on those two songs, though. But a good memory there. Yep. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Matt. Hey, Matt. Yeah. What you thinking, Matt? Hello. Yeah. Hi. Hey, hey how's it? <laughs> My thought is Stevie Nicks. You can talk to me. Yeah. You can talk to me when you're down. It's her birthday today. Really? 75. Wow. I saw a piece about Fleetwood Mac's rumors being a perfect album, no bad songs on it. 
And that's true. Yep. Was this 83? Am I getting this right? Because you played yeah, this in the top 40. I did, but I don't remember exactly. Between 83 and 85, I know that somewhere. I guess if I had to, I think that's 83. I'll I'm sure up. you're right. Yeah. You're like Rain Man with this stuff. Well, I, you know, there's markers in your life. You know what I mean? And you're like, okay, I vaguely remember that. I think that's 83. Turn on Mark Goodman. Goodman. Countdown. <laughs> okay, we're still looking for number one, number four, number five. It's songs with talk in the title. We still got a bunch of honorable mentions to get to oh, yeah. as well. Good countdown. All right, the number again is 210-619-2053. Friday 5, Talk Songs, wrapping it up next. Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robin. All right, we got a news update, less than 15 minutes. The Scott Robin's trifecta, all that stuff, but we got to wrap up the Friday 5. And this week, songs with talk in the title. That is the theme song to millions of woke kindergarten teachers across America. Oh, boy. Yeah. Robin's played that on Top 40 Radio. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was an honorable mention. Uh, so far, we had number two, Black Crow, She Talks to Angels. Bonnie Raitt, something to talk about, but we're looking for number one, number four, and number five. Okay. And back to it, David. Uh, let's talk to Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. It is Scott from Knoxville, Tennessee. Unlike Thanks for Knoxville, checking Illinois. in, Scott. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, uh, hey, incidentally, I went to the Pink Floyd show. You guys were talking about that album, the new Pink Floyd or whatever. It was the first and only concert ever held at Vanderbilt Stadium. I ate a handful of mushrooms, went in, and saw UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> I, now you know why really it was the did. only one. <laughs> yeah, well, the problem is I really think I did, but, you know, the mushrooms kind of rule that out. <laughs> yeah. uh, did you guys get... I sent you guys some T-shirts. I don't know if you got them. Did not get them uh, yet. Oh, huh. Uh, hot but always thanks wins, ahead of baby. time. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, yeah. Yeah. Somebody said they wanted that T-shirt, so I sent it. Oh, great. It's, cool, uh, it says hot always wins. Awesome. Thank you in advance. Uh, <laughs> incidentally, I saw DO2 mushrooms again. Um, <laughs> I think we so, saw all the same shows. I just wasn't quite on the shrooms, but... <laughs> Yeah, I experimented a little bit a couple times, but I'm off that. I, you know, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so I am going to go with Money Talks, ACDC. Oh, yeah, man. Number four. <laughs> Big song from the Razor's Edge. I love this song. If you see that one live, you know what would happen. I know what happens. You do know what happens? Yeah, I was there. I went to, I went to the show. The money, the, the Agnes Angus Young money comes flying I, out. Yes. I thought you were going to say you get high on mushrooms. <laughs> There's a trend going here. <laughs> no. oh, that's a good one. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, Great, man. Chris. What you thinking? Yeah, well, do you have on here, but uh, say Van Halen ain't talking about love. He just comes in. I haven't been here in a while. I'm going to go in, take number one. Have a great weekend. See you later. Number one. <laughs> you better find yourself a friend. Okay. So we're ranking this yesterday, and I'm like, what do you think, you know, for iconic status and test of time? And David's like, oh, iconic like a tent? Yeah. And, I mean, I'm a Van Halen homer, admit it. 
So I'm like, wow, I was thinking like seven or eight. But if it's a ten, and then test the time, what did you get it? A nine. And I'm like, well, if I rank it there, it's going to be number one. So, And you had it number one too, David. I did have it number mm-hmm. one. That's right. You don't like it, Scott. I don't, I don't dislike it. I just you didn't have you, it in my five, no. Okay. I, but I like the song, fine. Do you think we're going to get a call for number five, David? Uh, one can hope. We can, we can put it off another minute or so. All right, we will, because well, we'll get to what you had as number one. Yeah. And I think people are going to laugh at that, actually. Oh, yes! <laughs> anyway, uh, who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Dave and uh, Scott and, uh, and Jamie. You're going to go back to uh, Scott's wheelhouse back in the late 70s. And this song pops into my head every time I hear our blunderer in chief open up his chops. And I'm talking about jive talking from the Bee Gees. There you go. Yep. <laughs> I got hairy legs. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, yes, of course. <laughs> Big hit. What's that for test time? You had this in your top five, right? No, I don't think it was in my five. No. Okay. Test of time was kind of a six. I, I think somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. The oldie station plays it occasionally. Okay. All right. Where do you want to go next, David? What do you think? Uh, I mean, uh, might as well burn what number five is here. Okay. Roll it out. Number five. David's asking what song is this? Yeah. Sweet Talking Woman from ELO. And this was your number one. Yeah. What's the hit score on that? Mm, about an eight. Test of time? Mm, maybe a seven. I'd never. I didn't know that song. And as far as, like, hit, it Hot 100, it reached 17. Yeah. It's suspect, I it guess. bigger. No one- The history books will note it. And there's your five. And this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David. That an ELO song that nobody (laughs) remembers was Scott's number one. That's not wrong. That's not true. A a lot of people remember that song. (sighs) Okay. At Rock Radio, we never played it. So I I didn't know it that much. No. You guys stayed away from ELO. um, But, man, to have that as your number one. Hey, man. You know, mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. You don't um, have to say dash over to pressure. Maybe you had pressure on you from the ELO. No, I had truant to dash. Okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. All right. But other things going on out there that certainly we got to get to. You got your trifecta, your top three stories of the day. Yep. And the debt ceiling crisis. What's happening there? The update straight ahead. The monthly van camp and Robbie show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, before we get to the Scott Robbins trifecta news update, David Van Camp. Yeah, well, we got the uh, fight over the old uh, debt ceiling still going going on. You keep hearing more and more Democrats just telling Joe Biden, hey, forget about Congress. Don't make us do our jobs. Just invoke the 14th Amendment. And do you... I, I know I, I've heard some people asking, like, what does that mean? What does the mm-hmm. 14th Amendment? So if you want to know, I can explain this to you, yeah, what, what their legal theory is here. So the 14th Amendment, uh, a crucial part of the Reconstruction efforts following the Civil War, 
It addresses citizenship rights and equal protection under the law, dealing with freed slaves and anybody who is naturally born in the United States. Section 4 is what liberals are looking at here. And it's, it's cute, although there's a lot of disagreement about whether or not this would apply to federal spending in general. Uh, so specifically what this addresses is money spent by the union during the Civil War. It says basically, yes, those are valid debts that need to be paid, but debt incurred by the states and the Confederacy was not the responsibility of the U.S. government and was, in fact, null and void because there had been some other groups that had issued bonds or issued loans to the Confederacy, and they basically said, well, that was an illegitimate insurrection, and so, no, we're not paying the bill for that. What Democrats are arguing is that this, this section includes the line, the validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law shall not be questioned. And to me, it's some revisionist history. But what Democrats are saying is this means the president can meet financial obligations without Congress at all. They ignore the part where this literally has to do with civil war debt, not dealing with out-of-control spending. But that's how the Democrats want to read it. They're strict con constitutionalists when it, you know, benefits them. <laughs> uh, opponents say, no, this is unconstitutional because it takes the power of spending away from the Congress. Uh, and if this does get invoked in order to do away with the debt ceiling, essentially, uh, there would definitely be court challenges, a legit constitutional crisis. Uh, to me, at least, I know there are arguments in favor of it. To me, it seems like you're really reaching here. And, you know, when, totally. you, get, when you got like John Fetterman out there saying, this is why the 14th Amendment was passed. It's like, okay, no, okay, Senator not. Cucumber, that's not why <laughs> the 14th Amendment was, was, was included. <laughs> okay, whenever you go with your gut thought on something, in the show, you're risking it because you could be wrong, and then your two buddies are going to call you out on it. Mm -hmm. Through this whole thing, in my mind, I'm like, they're going to figure it out. It may sure. be last minute. How many times have we seen this? It's a game of chicken, and then it gets solved. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Would you agree, or do you think this is actually going to get pushed past? No, I think they'll solve it, too. I, I yeah. yeah, I think it'll get worked out just because... Really, Joe Biden, and I know in your trifecta, Scott, you, you, you've got something to this effect. Joe Biden can't afford this. No. Can't. Uh, can't afford a default or whatever, which is completely unnecessary anyway, even mm -hmm. if they don't raise the debt ceiling. But, yeah, so I, I, I think they'll work out a deal, yeah. He's going to piss off the progressives. Who cares? But I don't care either. Yeah. Um, but they're going to squawk about it. They're going to be angry. Mm -hmm. They'll play stompy foot. Um, one other thing before the trifecta, <laughs> and you've probably noticed this, there were a couple of updates on Target, saw it at Daily Wire, because so we were talking earlier, they've lost $9 billion market share over the last week. This whole push with the LGBTQ stuff with the kids and the tuck swimwear, all of that stuff. And there has been a boycott from several people across the United States. And I see a couple of updates and one is talking about Target donating to a group that promotes secret child gender transitions yep. and LGBTQ books in schools. Okay. <laughs> when the people that are boycotting find out about that, they're going to dig in even more. You yeah. know that. And the Target had a special push to hire LGBTQ designers for its pride collection before the backlash. Mm -hmm. Also on the front page is... 
Catholic bishops are now fighting back against the anti-Catholic hate group involved with the L.A. Dodgers, saying it's time to boycott the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. So you get this feeling this is a different way of people that are conservative or just people that are done trying to play nice person, nice guy, whatever, and saying, no, we need to draw the line in the sand. We need to fight back. You know, I, you look at the Dodgers' decision here, and you say to yourself, I don't get it. I mean, you could have done the whole Pride Night thing and been fine without including this group. Except when they tried to disinvite the group. Yeah, I have a story about that coming up, too. You know, you had... Yeah. Mm -hmm. The rest of the pride group saying, yeah. well, no, you can't do that. Right. Okay, so you're going to cover all this. Well, I got a, just a, a, an addendum to it, yes. All right. Well, without further ado, I think Casey's ready. Let's roll this out. Are you ready? One, One two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, the Scott Robbins got three stories of the day. The trifecta always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. One of our listeners sent me an ad from the old AT40. And it said, the man who taught America to count backwards, Casey Kasem's AT40. Wow. Yeah, that was yes. really cool. Yeah, it was you, man. That was you. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Did it. Three. Number three, uh, I, I just have this headline, the NAACP is right, Democrats should avoid Florida. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, you may recall when the NCAA, or NCAA, <laughs> NAACP issued a travel advisory warning black people to either avoid going to Florida or be careful when traveling there. Despite the fact the chairman of the NAACP lives in Florida and has for decades now. And since that time, you've watched numerous commentators on Fox News and other places scoffing and warning. Now, I'm quick to remind you now, and I did not know this until today, that black families have been moving to the Sunshine State in record numbers. And the reason they are is they're availing themselves to the state's record low unemployment and crime rates, not to mention the weather. So, well, yes. they didn't know what was happening. They were lured in, according to the left. So the uh, travel warnings that have been issued, that being said, when gay groups and the NAACP issued these travel warnings about going to Florida, it kind of makes people want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so they're turning this thing around. They're saying, hey, the Democrats are right. You should avoid going to Florida. No, it really does say something. Yeah. About some of the organizations. Record numbers of black families <laughs> have moved to Florida for the same reasons white families moved there and Hispanic families and uh, Oriental families and whatever. They all moved there for the same reason. It says there's not any real crisis. We need to invent crisis. Yeah. They for like living in, in crime-free neighborhoods. It's weird how that is. Yeah. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Sky Robbins, trifecta top three of the day. Two. Number two, apparently the teachers union in California uh, had a lot to do with the L.A. Dodgers' decision to reinvite that anti-Catholic hate group. No I, don't even know, I don't even know where to start with. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Now, this is a group that mocks Catholicism and Christianity, and they go out and parade around. They do fake crucifixions and, they're, I mean, awful stuff, right? Rising sexually what, on right, crosses. On crosses, whole nine yards, yeah. right? Anything they can do to offend, they do. Starving, start for attention, I'm guessing, a lot of them. But anyway, so the Dodgers said, okay, we made a mistake. We disinvited them, right? And then what was it? 48 hours later, they were reinvited. And you're like, well, what the hell changed here? Well, teachers union. They told the Los Angeles Dodgers, 
students will die if drag queen nuns weren't reinvited to the Pride Night. Blood will be on your hands. Students will die. So the Dodgers caved. So you listen to the ranting of lunacy and crazy people, and you're like, okay, we better change then. We better change our decision. That doesn't make any sense. I'm I'm struggling to connect the dots here. How will students die? Because they will be discriminated against because the Dodgers are lending themselves to discrimination. Are the... Are the students dressing up as nuns and twerking on top of a David, I don't expect any sense sense to be made out of these threats. I just report the threats. Hmm. And isn't that a a threat in and of itself? That if you don't do this, these kids are going to (laughs) die. Doesn't make any sense at all. I would think, yeah. You know... I have no idea. I'm just going to ask the question before we move on. When you mention this group and you talk about sort of how vile they are. Do you think people that have never seen pictures or video understand no how no. bad it is? No, they don't. There was one scene it is a guy on a cross yeah. and then you have a person then using the cross like as a stripper pole. Yes. And going up and around yes, the actual cross while the guy is Supposedly hanging on the I cross. I saw that. Yeah. It's like, you got to be kidding me, man. Yep. That group? And the daughter's like, yes, and we want to award them. Mm-hmm. And but this is what they ask, do. where are we? All the time we're dealt with this. If you don't do this, you're killing people. That's and, insane. You know what, man? Again, somebody has got to do sexy Muhammad in drag. You'll die. You See will how be killed. quickly. Oh, yeah, they will actually. Yeah, you yeah, you will be killed. You're, you're going to get. Yes. Yeah. You're going to get targeted by. Yeah. By a uh, you know, by a radical well, Islamic follower. Yes, absolutely. Okay, wow, that's just crazy to me. It's, it there's a crazy. third one. I know there's a third one. It's Scott Robbins yeah, trifecta yeah, top yeah. three of the day up to number one. Uh, CNN poll on Joe Biden uh, and his approval numbers. It's brutal. This brutal. Uh, Two thirds, sixty six percent of all Americans now say a Biden victory would either be a setback or an absolute disaster for the country. How about that, huh? I'm not sure Biden can win. CNN. I mean, regardless of who he's running against, I mean, he's looking like a pretty weak candidate. Registered voters, by the way, sixty five to thirty two percent think that Joe Biden is just too damn old to effectively serve another four year term. Republicans, 90%. Independents, 69%, think he's just too dang old. While Democrats, 57 to 41%, that, but that think Biden is not too old. But still, 41% think he is. Well, yesterday we were asking the question, why all of a sudden did CBS pick up the story about the whistleblower with Hunter Biden? Because that story's been ignored by legacy media mm-hmm. for weeks. So why now? And you're asking yourself the question, is it because they're starting to think, okay, Joe can't win in the end? And you wonder, I don't know. Yeah. Do you have any other theory why CBS picked up that story, well, David? I, yeah, I tend to think. I think a lot of these sort of drip, drip, drip negative stories about Biden, the few and far between moments where they do actually get picked up by legacy media, 
it -hmm. does just sort of seem like they know people know there is some there there Mm -hmm. with Biden, with Hunter Biden, with his brother, all of that stuff. They know there's some there there. They're not going to go both barrels just yet. But they want to be able to establish a pattern of saying, see, we talked about this once. Uh Right. And so if it all does start crumbling down, you know, CBS Mornings can go on the air and say, as we've talked about before, as we've reported in the past. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's your answer. It's amazing to me that RFK Jr. too is polling at 20%. Yeah. He hadn't done anything. It's the Kennedy name, man. That's what it is. And what is amazing is no one's talking about him. Not nobody. Nobody's the, talking to him. But the polling is there. No, yeah. the only people talking to him are conservatives. And That's there it. You have it. Yes. Scott Robbins, right facts, top three of the day. Nice job, Scott. Gosh. Dang. Sometimes you're just left with more questions than answers. That's for sure. Yeah. With that whole thing. Okay. We got to get to a news update. Oh, there's a million-dollar campaign against the Dodgers now? Wow. All right, get to that. And Nimrod's in the news on the way. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Saw the headline. said Fox. Catholic Vote launches a million-dollar campaign calling for L.A. Dodgers boycott over the anti-Catholic drag queens. They're going to buy the advertising. Yeah. Yeah. Boycott them. Literally, all you need to do is show 10 seconds of video of what these freaks do in public and say, this is what the L.A. Dodgers supports. Yes. In the letter, uh, the president of Catholic Vote said, we wrote to you last week with a reasonable ask. Please do not honor this anti-Catholic hate group. There's no place for anti-Catholic bigotry, mocking of religious sisters, or celebrating a perverse activist group whose identity is marked by blasphemy and mockery of Catholics. And said, you know, then you changed your mind. They were out. They were back in. Um, We were requesting another opportunity to speak by phone or meet you in person with an appropriate representative so you could better understand the extraordinary harm and hurt your decision has engendered. But they wouldn't meet, so they're launching the campaign. People are starting to fight back. Speaking of fighting back, yeah, uh, the first Nimrod in the news. It, yeah, it's fighting back. You'll like it. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Uh, we start in Philadelphia. Pretty wild road rage incident. Anybody hear about this? No. Uh, it was a 22-year-old man upset with this 27-year-old woman. Uh, got a crowbar, came up to her car, smashed in the window. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Dang. Yeah. Um, you know what she did? Well, she shot him in the groin. Well, oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> was that leap around and find out? I guess he did. She had a license to carry. (laughs) And shot him right in the... Yes, I don't don't know that she aimed for the area, but it was just like, oh my gosh, the guy is coming in by car. It's pretty scary. Boom. Gender affirming. You know, (laughs) gender affirming self-defense. Yes. Ironically, all he has left is nine millimeters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
that she drove from there to a relative's house to call 911, and yeah. then they found the guy writhing in pain still. But they did. Yeah, they did. And then another Nimrod out of Oklahoma, 23-year-old guy was at a realtor this month who's going to apply for a unit at an apartment complex. They had a computer set up to fill it out. All of a sudden, the people working there got an airdrop. They're like, okay, we should accept the photos. It was this guy naked. He didn't change the settings. He was airdropping nudes. Oh, God. Dang. He was arrested, and that's Nimrod's in the news.